Welcome to Good to Geek Out, good place to go to geek out. We're here to geek out about the end of the Transformers second part of their Netflix trilogy on Transformers. I said that already. Called Earthrise. Uh, editor San Antonio ready to cover these last two episodes. A lot happens. What's up, fellas? Ben Oven Gardena. What's up, fellas? Big Greg, West Hills, aka Bruticus. In the background. Over <laughs> Fresh, San Francisco. What up? Rob Lucy coming at you from Phoenix, Oregon, rising from the ashes. Right. Like Skylinks. Hmm. <laughs> I want to go on record in saying that the Skylinks true to form Transformer G2 toy Skylinks that was on the screen was amazing because I've always hated that design. I still hate that design. <laughs> the fact that they were like, cool, this is where we're, like, this is who we're, we want to do this. Because they could have done it with um, Omega Since You know, there's so many different people, uh, characters that they could have pulled from the lore to have done this. So the fact that they went with him and like, like, and he treats it like a motherfucking Shakespearean play. Like when they get like, like all close to him, and I'm just like, this is the fucking wackest design. First of all, and I love that they fucking handled it like that. He, first of all, it's just weird, the weirdest design thing. Um, but the first couple seconds, it was like, wait a second, so you that powerful, but you don't know Alpha Trion has his own personal um, Phantom Zone operator? Yeah, right. <laughs> You gonna attack the man who can send you to the Phantom Zone? Robots and capes are hilarious to me. I'm sorry. Why does a robot need a cape? Fabric industry on Cybertron is a real fucking industry, man. I guess so. Do we start? Here we are with the textile companies again. Somebody got a job doing it. It was it was ironed and pressed too. It wasn't wrinkled. It was fine. That whole scene, I think, was done hella just just hella dope with just the expansiveness like you know are those gravestones like you know like are the like you know like what were those things and we kind of don't know yet but when they get to skylinks like as i'm watching the story how do you like you know like he gets up like you know like, who is that and he's like oh shit that's skylinks dog like so, like optimus knows like what wrong has gone down right like again going into like the secrets that optimus keeps from his own people and then uh, Skylinks is like, why? Because I hear everything. And then he's like, oh shit, what? The, the Allspark's gone? How'd that happen? And I was like, whoa, whoa. That was two minutes ago. Wait a minute. You can't ex exposition mastermind and then fucking not know what's going on. Whatever happened to the staff of Solus, though? Kind of logical. Yeah. Um, you mean you mean a Phantom Zone controller? Yeah. I love the Phantom. Um, but he used the staff of Solus to send him to the dead zone, the dead universe, right? Yeah. Where is it? Where is it now? Maybe what? it's buried with Alpha Trion, wherever the hell he's buried at. Well, I thought what was interesting too, because they've always been, they've been very canonical and true to what's going on. And so at one point, Bumblebee says it's like an unspace. And then later on, they're like, it's a dead universe. So I'm wondering if that's one of those like IDW comic versus marvel like 
reinterpretations and like they're mm -hmm. like this is how we make both of these things exist this at the same time at the same time um yeah, but I did, like i said I, all i saw was the phantom zone i mean phantom zone slash the astral plane from like right. marvel you know it, what i did think was really interesting in the conversation uh to show you know this idea of growth within skylinks in such a short amount of time is you know uh alpha trion which get into that in a second. Alpha Trion is all, yo, um, your arrogance about your, and, and your lust for power is what like bothers me. And then later Optimus is like, I'm disappointed with your arrogance. And he's like, no, like, I just know what I, I know now. And so it's just this dope, the difference between what's being arrogant and what's being actualized. Like when you're self-actualized, you can't be arrogant because you know who you are like in Skylinks is just like yo man I've been in fucking dead space for I don't know how long but it's a thin I'll, tell, line. I'll tell you what like I can do this and I can do this like he's just making uh, uh holograms because he's bored like like, <laughs> like he's just making like right. I'm running yeah, on the fire burning, running down the street like, the storytelling the one thing I enjoy yeah, the one thing the one thing he can't do is get himself out of the dead the dead universe and that's what he needs optimus and the matrix of leadership for how the matrix of leadership gets them out of the dead zone is beyond me but you know that's what it leads into uh, but again, i think I... that it's a dope way that they keep in line with the canonical because they're like well here we are they do two different things him and chromia later like we know certain like these characters exist by the time the movie comes out and all these other things so the way that they introduce them have in this particular case, ha uh, have him sacrifice himself as, uh, as has been noted, and then still be able to show up later in G2. Same thing with Megatron and Optimus's fucking parallel acid trip of self-actualization also. So I think like the, the dead space being this place of self-actualization and seeing one's future is like an interesting- Right tool to yes, and that that was a really a couple really brief important moments in this and some of those flashbacks and one of them was uh, optimus prime looking at his dead body on that table and it flashed across the screen for a few seconds and now optimus prime knows it, what his destiny is ultimately the, the thing that the story part of the story that that i uh, enjoyed a lot was the fact that they they both had mentors which was megatron and optimus it was for some reason Skylinks and Galvatron. But like Skylinks was the fallen angel, was the angel on his shoulder. He was a fallen angel, but he became, he, he found his way back. So he was the angel on Optimus' shoulder. He has a better mentor. Then you got Galvatron, who is Megatron's mentor, and he just leads him, the devil on his shoulder leads him farther into descent. As soon as, <laughs> as, soon as that fucking old school 80s, 3D animation came hey. on. Ah, oh, the intro, yeah. It's Super very rare that you get an oh, well, like I got like I was like, all right, y'all keep throwing it. Every you can keep just keep throwing everything at the wall, and it's all sticking on some level. So let me ask you guys: uh, Is Galvatron Megatron from an alternative alternative timeline? No, no, he's he's just, he's what Unicron created when he repaired him. And I guess somehow he was able to come back. He's Biff. 
It was right. 100% old Biff going back to give the sports almanac to young Biff. It was, and the, okay. even so the interactions it, it, were the same. Megatron. The interaction, the interactions were exactly the same. So, like, you know, when you, oh, Biff comes back and he's like, "Look, butthead!" And he's like, <laughs> "Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here?" Like, you know, what I'm saying, I'm like, I do like how they made Galvatron. They made sure he was faster and stronger than Megatron. Like, I read he got rebuilt into a better, powerful version. So let's. I mean, he was so much faster than Megatron. Megatron is square and plotting. He's round and aerodynamic. And he was like, nah, I'm, let me show you. You're going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep kicking your ass. <laughs> yeah. Think about how long Megatron let Starscream tag along, even though he knew what Starscream's motives were. Galvatron let Starscream live for five seconds. <laughs> Megatron, here's a hint. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> he's no more. You know what I'm saying? It's Gavitron, Gavitron, Gavitron was a pure Megatron, like without without any emotional attachment. It was awesome. Here's, here's my question. Wow, so this did that that moment of him coming back in time felt like uh, uh, the the reboot of Star Trek, where where they came back and Spock came back and they changed everything. Mm -hmm. So this could be a moment where they can go in any direction they want if they really want to, or they can still say, this is what happened in between. You just didn't know what happened, yeah. but they got the option to go where they want because of that. Gal Galvatron does have that cute, Megatron asks him, well, why don't you just kill Optimus Prime? And then Galvatron says, I'm a slave of my own time. Mm -hmm. So he points out that he can't, uh, I guess, affect Optimus Prime directly, and then that's when you see um, Unicron come out and say, "Hey, get back over here!" Like, oh, so which is a really interesting concept because when because we see Unspace or whatever it is, but we see that there's you know as behind Bruticus is there, um, there's that three D you know grid space that exists, you know, so like. Is that a temporal dimensional difference? You know, like, is that a ship? Because I've always just thought it well, was just a design. Decepticon is basically an auto, I mean, a Decepticon god, right? Like, I mean, a devil literally has horns. He's, <laughs> you know, which goes back to your Galvatron thing about him being evil. Like, he was created by the devil, right? So he, it's like he had the power to make something from scratch, or yeah. not scratch, but to take your reality and change it to what he wants. I uh, would also like to note. <laughs> shrooms. I said, I don't know if they was doing shrooms in the writer's room when they was doing this. <laughs> uh, the Unicron voice was pretty good. Yes. Unicron. I mean, that's Orson Welles. They couldn't replace Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron, but at least they did Orson Welles some justice. After our last episode, though, you guys ruined Optimus for me. Like, I just, that's all I can hear is yeah, every, we, every well, critique of his voice. Like, okay, I, this is interesting because this is the end of the episode and we're, we're kind of getting into the final one here. And oh, Optimus oh, it's Prime. Worse. Let, it's Optimus worse. Prime let me down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. worse than the last one. Yes. Yeah, we haven't been talking about it. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, and that, that's where Galvatron says, you haven't learned anything. You cannot use conventional weapons here. Yeah, another like, come on, dumbass. He uses his anger. Do you like how crazy that is? How dope that is? He's straight up fucking. It's funny that Ed's wearing the Green Lantern because I thought he was Red Lantern right then. Like, 
He literally powered an entire wow. ship that they took a thousand motherfucking Decepticon sparks to to even get off the ground. And and this fool is just like, yo, this is what I do, and I shoot with it. Like I don't use this shit to power us out of this unearthed dimension. Like <laughs> I, I thought that was a cool scene when they show right before that happened. Galvatron was behind them and the camera came up and you saw Galvatron right above him. That was a dope mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. I agree. So well. Uh, so next uh, episode, last episode, Decepticons after that nice Ram move that Rob just brought up, uh, board the Ark. And then it's Megatron versus Optimus. And Lucy, you can start telling us about your disappointments. Uh, hold on, hold on. Wait, before we even get to that, the, before they even get to the Megatron Optimus, why is Bumblebee all sensitive now? <laughs> He's like all rubbing Optimus's shoulder. It's gonna be all right, man. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, this guy has come full circle from the beginning of the series. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where he was like, fuck the Decepticons and fuck the Autobots. I'm about that money, G. About, like, Megatron not learning anything from Galvatron. You just had this whole, basically the entire episode is Skylink's kind of mentoring Optimus Prime and telling him what to do. Well, you just throw all that out the door in the first one minute of the, the final episode. And they're sitting there, they're having a, a great fight. Of course, Optimus Prime, you know, can't pull the trigger again. And I need you to forgive me. And it's... then Wrecker comes and get out of here, Wrecker. You can't look at this, my shame. Like, oh. We shouldn't be surprised. Remember Biff threw the almanac in the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I could think of is like in the be- in the beginning of the, the the previous episode where Optimus does get the the matrix of leadership and it's like you need to bring us all together. So is is, is that why he can't take out Megatron? Which is interesting cuz I I doubt it because Megatron took out Ultra Magnus and one of the things that I thought was dope about that scene is that when they have Alpha Trion do it Alpha Trion is talking to three people. He's talking, and those three people are the three aspects of Alpha Trion in the sense of leadership, mm-hmm. military guidance, and what, what Ultra Mag is supposed to be brute force or some shit. I, I don't know. No, it was the protocols, right? Like, that's what. Yeah, exactly. And, and they do a great job getting back to the Shakespearean uh, style. Uh, like I had talked last time about how uh, Megatron ends up getting draped in this purple and like it just makes his metallic look though. They do that with the gold in this one as he's like kind of creeping through like Optimus, you can't hide. And Optimus is just like, I bet you I can, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been a way better voice. <laughs> <laughs> that I could have dealt with. Yeah, if they would have made him, if they would have gave him a voice off of somebody from like, you know. <laughs> Him asking for a forgiveness was straight up weird to me. Uh, it was just so weird. Like, it was so out of place to me. It's just like, you just saw what happened. Link just showed you what your future is, and you're still like, nah, that's the homie? Come on, man. <laughs> it's almost like they're trying to counterbalance the um, the Megatron begging for mercy, which, you know, is from the Transformers movie. And they right. want to try to give Optimus a similar type of internal Man, all he had to do was say it all Man, i could think of you was, were without mercy yeah I, I, I waited to hear it i waited to hear that oh come on that yeah, bugged me it bugged me that's why i brought it up <laughs> all i could think of was martha martha <laughs> yeah and, and megatron being like oh wait i want forgiveness my mom's name was forgiveness too <laughs> i think there's a meme about that mercenaries pop up nope have we found out what they're called yet? 
the uh, monkey, the, the the monkey symbol guys, just the the mercenary faction. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the monkey guys. symbol guys. Double dealer, uh, bug bite, and that's all I got. Exhaust. That's a, that's a little uh, double dealer, bug bite, and exhaust. A little disappointing of a name. What double dealer? Mercenary faction. Oh, mercenary. Uh, I've been going Decepticons and Autobots and the whole lot. That's branding right there. Mercenary yeah. faction. Mercenaries. Maybe. Um, but I thought it was dope when they show up. Uh, it throws a wrench in the plans. It shows the Decepticons and the Autobots being like, oh, uh, oh shit, like they will kill us. Like we're just kind of fucking around here. Like, like Bumblebee has Starscream in a headlock. Like y'all are fucking around if that's happening. Yeah, we're all really out to kill each other. <laughs> what about Shockwave being the giant from the Jack and the Jack in the Beanstalk stories, he's literally grinding Decepticon's bones to make his bread. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, and he's got like, he gave himself like dozo. He's got cloak infections and stuff now. It's like the fight with Alita wasn't even fair. Although she gave him the gangster line, she's like, uh, Oh, you're in the hiding? I'm in the fighting. <laughs> I was kind of gangster. I was like, Okay. kind of, it kind of makes sense now because it's like, Okay, so is this how? He becomes that powerful. He just starts killing Decepticons or whoever he can get, get his hands on. Oh. He can get more and more powerful. And just using their sparks. Yeah, because I mean, by the time we get to Gen 1, like in our cartoon as children, he's already like the last Decepticon on Cybertron, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he's just don't say it. more, but he's yeah, he's the last, he is who Megatron left in charge of Cybertron yeah. and it makes it seem like he's the last person because he's the only person that they want to animate for cost purposes, I'm sure. Um, that's what I thought was dope Uh, the image of Cybertron blowing up um, in their dreams and when Shockwave is fighting and she realizes like why he's getting stronger and they do that like energy signature basically of like the the lines going up into him with the purple like great visual cues happening at the same time that they're doing exposition with the story and you know, this is again like top-notch writing and delivery of experience because now they've set up the cloaking device. So when everyone is outside and the guns just start floating around, yeah, Chromia catches it. Yeah, I was I was hurt at that moment. I was like, no, no. I'm waiting for Omar's uh, sad song about Chromia getting dubbed though. She's Keisha from New Jack City. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was gonna say it was your your, your Artax and Atreyu from the Never. <laughs> Listen, she's still my girl. She still came through at the end. Ooh. There are things they still have to do in the in the next uh, <laughs> the next version. Uh, well, one one good thing that did happen that we haven't brought up yet is we were. Felt like the whole uh, Quintesson story was cut short, and so we do definitely get the return of Decius. Actually, who did uh, he did the Independence Day thing? (laughs) (laughs) He did the Independence Day thing. You know what I'm talking about? You remember the scene of Independence Day where where the president goes down to talk to uh, talk to the alien? What do you want from us? To die, and he's just using the dude to talk. (laughs) Decius is doing that completely. Rob was talking about. <laughs> yeah. And technically not a Quintesson anymore. True. No. Uh, but they did great parallel telling storytelling also with the Optimus Megatron 
and the Alita Shockwave fights yeah. um, and the total C subplot of um, of Wheeljack being a fucking G. Like when those two guys are like walking up, they're like, oh, we got to fucking fix this ship. And he's just like, dang, dang. <laughs> I was like, they're not oh, coming man. back into the story. Yes. Okay. I didn't even catch that it was Wheeljack when we first did it. And I was talking to, uh, I was talking to O about it. And I, and I was like, man, who was that that dumped on uh, exhaust and uh, bug bite? I, I, didn't even, I couldn't catch the, the silhouette. And he was like, oh, dude, that was Wheeljack. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Wheeljack was dope. Oh. It was like a minute before, and they're like, well, we can do it if only Wheeljack can like, kind of accomplish his thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, that's right. Wheeljack was part of the records. Like, Wheeljack is a G. Like, he is a warrior. He's not a conscript. Um, which I thought, oh, man, let's. How dope was that when uh, Skylinks was all, oh, I see what's bothering you. You've lost brothers. And I was just like, man, you're really hitting it in this shit, man. Y'all, y'all. He was smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> I mean, <coughs> he was already disturbed. And then you leave him into a dead universe to just stew with his thoughts. Wait, wait, before well, we even get to the summary, though, before we get to yeah. the summary, are we going to explain the know. digital eyeball? In the in, yeah. the in the in the dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. Like that, we not only do we see Earth, we see some someone is getting shot through the atmosphere and burning up. Which at first I was like, oh, are they going to say that uh, the the Transformers killed the dinosaurs? Right. That's what I would thought they was going to. But then yeah, when they break out and you see the Velociraptor, and then he goes, yeah, you're like, okay, y'all are sick because. Going into this one, I was like, these six season episodes are weird, but they're able to pivot so quickly into different things. And like, it was like, you know, um, the book of Boba at the end of Mandalorian. And I was like, holy shit, y'all just spun into two different divergent storylines that I will watch both of yeah. right now. Um, so now, what did you guys think? Uh, part one, part two, what you guys like? What didn't you like? Are you are you talking about that? Uh, like uh, Earth Earthrise rain, versus rain versus Earthrise. Rise. At this point. Mm. <clears throat> um, listen, I've always thought that Megatron was the one who was carrying it all for me. Um, I think being able to see uh, a different story where it's not just He's evil and that's that. Where you actually get to see that, you know, he struggled, he went through some shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you watch the Black Panther movie, you understand where Killmonger comes from, right? What right. he's trying to accomplish and he did it a different way. Megatron, you you start, you get that from these, right? You're you're seeing uh how, okay, he didn't, he just didn't start as a jerk, but the way he feels, I fought my way up from the pit. We were oppressed. Now, now I'm a leader, you know. Fuck all that. Fuck all that being oppressed shit. I'm 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 eradicating anything that ain't just about straight up freedom of, you know what I'm saying, Cybertron. Anyway, so it's that was that was the coolest thing for me is you, you get to see the evolution of the bad guy. Right. So that was that was what I took from these parts one and part two, and it was amazing. Um I love how they incorporated the original 80s um with some new storylines and then and then everything was canonized, like Strada has been saying. So it was an amazing series to me. And for me, it was 
the how they included everything where you don't know where you're going where where they're going i mean you know where it ends but you don't know how they you thought you knew how they got there but you had no idea how they got there and that's an impressive thing to do to string it all together and make me uh anticipate the next one where i i can't wait for it that's an impressive thing to do and they did it easily um i will say i did like the first one better than like the second um but there were more moments there were there were some moments in the second one that i thought were just better than the first one if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh but for me just overall it's impressive um yeah no i totally agree with O on that i think it is in the sense of the difference between the first and the second it's the difference between new hope and empire strikes back and i think that a new hope is a better story contained within itself but Empire Strikes Back has better scenes, has better moments within it. And they make Empire Strikes Back like they make Earthrise knowing that there's gonna be a third installment. They're like, we got the money. We're about to be able to seed these stories more than we've done. Um, again, uh, it's the, the canonical, it's the keep, it is the, the rigid yet new design of the old clunky toys. Um, It is the way that they've been able to just pivot certain characters on their side in the sense of, um, you know, you you have uh, that other sound wave, you have the other wheel jack, you have the other of all bug bite, you know, like um, the fact that there's only so many designs, the finite design on Cybertron um, so they stay with, within the boundaries that they've established. Like Omar said, they've opened it up where they can go to brand new fucking places, but at the same time, they're always saying, what do the fans want to see? And they, they deliver it. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I would say, I just, I like kind of piggybacking off what Greg said. I like seeing prime, the, the shine off of prime, so to speak. I like seeing them just banged up very human, even though usually we're used to him being pretty calm in situations, even though, I mean, even though the voice fluctuations are a little irritating at times, it right. is nice to see because it is a little bit more realistic. And It is Prime being knocked from sainthood. And, you know, because Prime was martyred for us, you know, like Prime was good. Prime was Barry Allen. Prime was something that had yeah. died in, in the name of good. And so for them to go back and to, and to sully prime's name to drag prime through the mud in a certain sense but we now see with the skylinks conversation that these flaws theoretically are what are going to make prime the best of leaders oh and can we t- <laughs> and when bug bumblebee's shooting at megatron and his shit's literally- <laughs> oh yeah you can hear the trigger I was just like this big clown in there. Like, Megatron turned around too, like, fuck. <laughs> direct hits, like five direct hits. The thing you said about, about taking the shine off Optimus is really basically almost where we are in America today and TV today, where there was a point where we all needed the American hero. And then there was a point in time, like the first show I ever watched where the anti-hero was the, was the protagonist in the story was S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, on FX. Um, 
and it was the same creator for uh, Sons of Anarchy, which was another bad guy who is the good guy, right? So it was like, it became okay to have these things where Americans can be bad guys and good guys, and we can have dimensions and different things that instead of just being the all-American. First time, you never saw Scarface? <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking about TV shows with heroes. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's always the good cop, there's all, you know, and then there's bad guys. And each, now the good guys, the bad guys are the good guys. No, I agree. Uh, Omar, like in the sense of like uh, Sopranos pivots TV on its head where we're allowed to like the bad guys doing bad, bad things, things in the name of good of their family. Not in the good of the world, but in the good of a smaller, in the name of a smaller scope. Yeah. Which is Because this is about such a big thing. It's about the weight of the world. The greatest thing that this ended up doing for me was making me excited for a Beast Wars series. Kudos. You did something I never thought I'd fucking <laughs> see. Lucy, what'd you think? Um, uh, to your original question, I don't think you can watch uh, Earthrise uh, in isolation uh, from the War for Cybertron. It's clearly an act one with the War for Cybertron. And then this is our second act. And you know it looks like we're going to be finishing up with the third act. Uh, and you know, I agree with all your points. Uh, seeing um, Optimus in a very different light and Megatron in a very different light uh, has been—it's uh, been a joy. It's been fascinating um, for for us old heads. Uh, now I'm watching it with my kids too. My kids are loving it, and they have none of this background on it too, so they're able to enjoy the story well. So you can look at it uh, generationally as just really uh, well done. Um, you know, and, and diff different things that they've uh, introduced. I, I thought dropping Unicron was huge. Like that opens up a whole nother uh, uh, realm where this this can go, um, you know. So what does that mean for Megatron? What does that, you know, does, does he even realize that Unicron was there? Because I don't think he noticed it. It was only um, Galvatron that was like, ah, I'm screwed again and, and got pulled back. But they can bring it on and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see some Dinobots. I'm excited. Like the my favorite parts of every episode. So like in episode one, uh Starscream calling himself the pre his Megatron's preeminent warrior had me roll it. I love that part. Uh and episode two, uh let me see. Uh <laughs> uh the the uh, episode two, the the whole uh description of the arena being where they're going to uh use the Decepticons uh as batteries based on Optimus Prime messing up and throwing the AllSpark off of Cybertron. Episode uh, three, Scorponok, that's it. Uh, <laughs> episode four, Starscream and Rare Form again. I, I like Starscream. <laughs> Starscream and Rare Form again. Uh, uh, episode five, uh, just everything about the dead universe was amazing to me. I like, I, I, I love that episode. Uh, that might've been my, my favorite episode of the, of the six episodes. And then uh, episode six, even though I got hella lost in episode six and I had to watch it twice and I still ended up missing stuff, which means I'm going to watch it a third time. Mm -hmm. uh, the Decius Independence Day use of uh, double, <laughs> double deal was, was my favorite part of that episode. Anyway, so that's it. That's all I got to say. All right, cool. Um, on that note, we'll close out. Uh, patiently await part three. It's been fun uh, rolling out with you guys. Until next time, Meditor. Yeah.
late. Rob Lucy signing off. Look forward to it. Next Omar time. and Gardena, hopefully we recorded, and it's windy. Out. Mm. <laughs> Big Greg West Hills, aka Budicus. I'm out. Boba Fresh, San Francisco. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, spoiler alerts, <laughs> and we'll see you for our third installment. Peace. <laughs>